Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Eric Owens, who's the CEO of E2 Gold. Um, this is a pre-IPO story. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, their plans, and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. There are summaries from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos on there. And to save you a little bit of time, we've also done summaries of other interviews that we have done. Of course, there's our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Eric, how are you doing, sir? Good. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for allowing me to be here. No, that's fantastic. So we've got a, folks, you ready? There's a pre-IPO story, gold. Uh, and we're going to hear about it first exclusively uh, on the show. So uh, thanks for taking your time uh, out of your day to do that. So where in the world are you at the moment? I'm in Toronto at the moment. It's uh, an early winter. We've had a good snow already and uh, hopefully not much more to come, but no doubt it will. That's one of the coldest days of my life was in Toronto. It's like 20, minus 25 and then the wind chill 10 on top of that. So it's like minus 35. I, I, I don't have clothing for that, Eric. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, you, got, you have to be well-dressed. Now, admittedly, it doesn't get that cold here that often. Right. So that's, a, that's a rare day. That's, is it the day Usually I, about the PDAC. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was spectacular. They must uh, have got a really cheap rates or something. That's why they hold it that time of year. Um, well, look, Eric, um, why don't you kick off? Give us a one-minute overview of your business, and I'll, I'll pick it up with some questions after that. Okay, so E2 Gold, the company we founded earlier this year, is a gold exploration company, early stage. We're currently private, trying to go public uh, via IPO. Uh, the goal is to aim to do that uh, during uh, before the end of the year here. Uh, we are being advised and, uh, and agented by Beacon Securities, who is advising us in this matter. And uh, we're looking for people to help join us in this process. The goal is to uh, take forward the, our pr principal property package, which is a, uh, an overlooked property, a large property in northern Ontario, a Hemlo lookalike. And uh, it's, uh, we've got about a $2 million exploration budget planned for next year. And we wish to uh, get this IPO done and out of the way so that we can start to start the work that's needed to be done on this project for next year. Fantastic. Okay, great. I think we know the Beacon guys, the, the good guys in Toronto, good track record as well. Um, tell me a little bit about you, though. What's your track record of making investors money? So my, uh, my last uh, uh, business venture was Alexandria Minerals. I found uh, through discovery and acquisition about 3 million ounces of gold in that project. Uh, it ultimately was sold to O3 Mining in 2019. Uh, part of uh, our, act, our discoveries uh, resulted in the sale of a portion of those resources to Agnico Eagle in 2015, uh, almost a million ounces of gold and copper equivalent, gold equivalent of copper and gold. Um, my background and career is as a geologist and have uh, resulted in uh, the discovery or building of total amounts of gold resources in the tune of six to seven million ounces throughout the Western Hemisphere, Central America, Western US, and Canada. Um, so I have a lot of experience doing this. 
We found an E2 gold earlier this year and used uh, the property acquisition that is our Hawkins property um, this year. It's a project that I've known about for, for a few years, a number of years now, because as the gold markets and the junior mining markets started to change in the sort of midway through 2019, uh, I sort of felt the timing was right to start to, to seek to do that this thing again that I started with Alexandria Minerals uh, you know, a decade ago. So uh, the Hawkins project is, is something we've known about and is a good starter resource to, to carry and, and make this a, a, a good forward moving project in a rising, what we anticipate is a rising gold market. Okay, and did so, did you, what did you do at Alexandria? So I founded Alexandria. You founded it, okay, got it. And okay. then, uh, that's, that's right, founder there. So I've done the IPO thing as well before. Uh, a masochist, I suppose. Uh, so, uh, and uh, acquired a large property in Valdor, much like the property we're currently uh, doing in, in, in Ichu Gold, except that Valdor is a, a well-known mining camp where we're located now is in an area that's been overlooked for for uh, the better part of four decades. Okay, so just, I just want to kind of deal with some of the basics first before we get into the story, if we may. So how much money have you raised to date? We've raised just shy of a, a million dollars, probably about $950,000 privately throughout this year, post-COVID. Right. And at what, what sort of rates? So we have uh, we had three financings. One was the early days of founders and friends, the closely held people and insiders. Two cents. We raised about $150,000. Uh, we raised a little over $600,000 in a seed round in July. And then we raised a further quarter of a million dollars uh, in, uh, in uh, September and October of, of flow through. Right. And so what was the seed rate done at? The seed rate was five cents. And the flow through? And the flow through was 15 15. Cents. Okay. So just shy, just shy of a million um, bucks. What, uh, actually, we better talk about what you're planning to do, and then I'll talk about how you've used it, if we may. So, right. You've got an asset which you've, you've kind of likened to Hemlo. So... You better tell us a little bit about it, if you may. Sure. Um, so the intra it's a, it's a long property package. It's 60 kilometers long, so it's a, it's a great size. Uh, it is underlain. It has in its core area a, a smallish gold resource all at surface, 328,800 ounces. Uh, six, that's 6.2 million tons, grading 1.65 grams per ton all at surface. That resource was based upon drilling that was done in the 1980s by Falconbridge. Falconbridge drilled 79 holes over a three and a half kilometer stretch and uh, ultimately decided that wasn't good enough for them. Of course, Falconbridge was not a gold company at the time either. Uh, and then subsequently, a decade later, Don McKinnon of Hemlo fame came and staked the ground overlying those Falconbridge holes. Um, the, the Falconbridge drill core is still uh, in storage, at least much of it, uh, still in storage at the, in the Ontario government facilities in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So there uh, we were able to go back in and resample portions of that core uh, to get a proper statistical uh, compliance out of it. And uh, we we're, were able to ca uh, uh, compute or estimate a, 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 a new resource or a resource, update, resource estimate on this. Okay, and who else is um, operating around there? So the closest mine is Hartgold. Uh, the Sugar Zone Mine, uh, that's about 40 kilometers in the same belt, roughly. 
Uh, Alamos Gold with its island gold mine is in the region. Borden Gold in uh, or Borden, the Borden mine, uh, Newmont Gold Corp uh, is also in the region. Uh, the Hemlo uh, camp is about 100 kilometers to the west. So the interesting thing about this is that uh, most of these developments, apart from my mention of Hemlo, most of these other developments are all developments that have occurred in the last decade. Borden, in the case of Borden and Hartwell, they probably weren't even discovered uh, prior to the last decade. But all the developments that have brought them to mining have occurred pretty much in the last decade. What makes this deposit similar to, to Hemlo, and the reason why Don McKinnon, or that is our Hawkins project, uh, why Don McKinnon uh, staked it is because of its physical and geological similarities to, to Hemlo, what he saw a decade earlier at Hemlo. And that is, it's a quartz sericite disseminated pyrite schist that hosts the gold. You get moderate uh, to strong high-grade pockets in this uh, lower-grade disseminated halo around those high-grade pockets. Uh, and so it's it's kind of a, a good look-alike. And there's other geological similarities as well uh, that compare it favorably to Hemlo. The Again, the, the big important point is this. I consider this early days uh, at this stage. We know very little because people, most explorers in the region, haven't done anything about expanding upon this, uh, what we call the mineral resource or the deposit, uh, in 15 or 20 years, or actually 40 years, but there's been a bit of drilling, but they haven't done anything to increase the knowledge, body of knowledge. So it's pretty much like an early stage exploration project with a meaty focal point uh, to, to provide exploration guidance. Right. Okay. So when did you start the, this company or this particular project? So we, um, we founded the company in January. And at the same time, we optioned signed our option agreement to acquire the property in January as well. So just it's less than 12 months ago that we started this. In February, we did our first bit of work on it, some geophysical a geophysical survey to keep certain claims alive. And then, of course, COVID hit, and that kind of knocked everybody sideways for a little while. Okay. Yeah, it really did. Um, so you've raised just shy of a million bucks. You've done some work on it in February. Have you been able to do anything else this year? Yeah, so... After we started raising a little bit more serious money, seed, the seed money came in, in, in the summertime, June, July mostly, uh, we, we were able to pretty much have a full crew of geologists and prospectors out on the project between July and mid-October when the, the weather started turning too inclement to, to continue work efficiently. So we had three, three pairs of geologists plus four prospectors out there full-time. We did trench sampling, channel sampling, uh, surface geological work, and, and prospecting work as well. Crikey. If, if, if I'm an investor, I'm thinking how much of my money's gone in the ground and how much has been sort of keeping you waiting on the sidelines. Is it bad, bad timing for them? But, you know, what? how much of it do you think you actually managed to spend on the project rather than keeping people waiting? I mean, how, how did you manage that whole process? Well, it, it all... It's interesting because because it did come about fairly rapidly because once we started getting money and I had was sure I had money until I was able to arrange people on fairly short order. Um, today we've probably spent about six hundred thousand dollars on the ground uh, on the project. Uh, we most recently completed a, a fairly substantial airborne survey, uh, which will add to our drill planning. And right now we have geologists continuing to work 
on the planning phases, on the write-up compilation planning phases, including digitization of, of all the work uh, that's been done previously. So there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, different directions that have been coming and going. Okay, and what did you, so I'm just trying to get a, 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 an idea of the mindset of the management team. You got you uh, as to how you cope with these things. So, uh, like I say, if I'm an investor at that particular time, timing's everything, right? It was difficult for everyone, but you must have had to reassure them that you were going to make sure that you were doing this thing in the right way, and it wasn't just a We'll pick up our salaries over here. I mean, what were the steps you took to assure them that this you're serious about this and you you've got their interests at heart? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's, those are that's a very good question. Um, a lot of it is people already knew me from previously. I, they already knew how I spent money, so I have a track record of having done this. Um, I managed to get a you know within weeks, I managed to get a prospecting team lined up in really what turned out to be a pretty busy summer uh, field season for Canadian junior miners throughout the whole country because COVID, even though COVID came and went, uh, mining was considered a, an essential uh, uh, industry by the government and everybody just kept doing what they were doing. Fortunately, where we're located, one of the, one of the nice things is where we're located, we have a lot of infrastructure. And so I was easily, easily able to line up uh, living accommodations for field field workers, uh, mostly in the form of hunters' cabins. Uh, but I have subsequently lined up a more permanent year-round facility owned by a logging company, which is more of like a, a dormitory-style accommodation in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so it's really has has turned out to be a good thing. So yes, people who know who knew me introduced me to other people who didn't know me because of that introduction. It sort of just started funneling into the to the area, and it actually, I was I was surprised at how quickly things happened uh, throughout the summer months, given that the given the COVID background. Okay, so you've how much money have you got left? Let's start with that. Yeah, we have about a hundred grand left right now. Right, so it's pretty pretty, pretty things pretty tight. Um, yep. Do you think you've created nine hundred thousand bucks worth of value so far? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I think that uh, our 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 market capitalization is, is in the neighborhood of six and a half million dollars at this stage, based upon the, the last financing and what we envision future financing to be. Uh, we think pre-IPO and pre-IPO money we're sitting at about six and a half million dollars. Post-IPO, post-IPO money we're closer to ten million dollars. So, given that we took a resource that was sitting at something like two hundred and thirty thousand ounces of gold as of two thousand sixteen. Uh, and is now situated at uh, something closer to three hundred and thirty thousand ounces of gold. Uh, that's that's where I think we're we're adding value by getting people out there. We put a lot of work into this. Nice quick win. Nice quick win. Okay, so Beacon are going out to raise you some money. Well, first of all, when and how much? So the the, the goal is to raise three million dollars. Uh, that'll be a mix of hard and flow through, um, and the goal. Try and get that done before the end of the year. If we can do that, then we can be busy working in fire end of January next year. Right. Okay. So maybe the end of this year is what you're going for. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Deacon is 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 advising us. Uh, it's the markets have softened over the last few months, of course. Uh, and if it has to extend into the new year, then we will do that. 
Well, it's an, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? For IPO, timing is everything. Obviously, you've got tax loss yeah. season just happened. It, the markets yeah. have softened, and I think there's still this running uh, uncertainty around uh, the handover to the Biden government with things going through courts and potentially the Supreme Court as well. So um, that'll be an interesting one as to what you're advised to do, retiming. Um, but, but let us know, obviously. Um, so you... you You've got about 100,000 left. You're going to raise 3 million. You probably have 3 million. You're going to spend two of it in the field. What are you going to do in the next 12 months? What do we see at the end of next year? Yeah, so so the, the process, the exploration process, uh, we plan on a, an 8,000 meters worth of drilling in two phases. Uh, in the winter, we'll drill the first half of that and then uh, take a break from the drilling so that by the summertime, we're, 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 we'll have started up late summer and fall for the second phase. Um, we have a, a few other studies, uh, geophysical studies to, to accommodate that as well. Um, the goal is to try and see our real goal here at the end of the day, the longer term goal, uh, is to see if we can turn a 300,000 ounce gold deposit into something that is closer to 2 million ounces with room to grow over that. Now that'll take a while to even come to a, a good sort of gut feeling about whether the footprint is proper for that. It'll probably take a couple of years for that just to get to the point where we want to stick 10 drill rigs on this project and, and drill a snot out of it. That's really the way this is going to go. It's the first year or two is going to be learning about this project because it hasn't really uh, been studied very well over the past four decades. Right. Okay. So you, you've laid it to a couple of times now. It's like, um, around weather conditions in terms of, is that around access? I mean, what, what, what's the impact of the weather on your ability to do work? The, the, uh, the only limitation weather is going to cause us uh, is really going to be around May when snow melt comes and things dry out up in the boreal forest. Uh, and then there's about a month there where during fire season where you can't have a drill rig running around uh, because it just dries out, the surface dries out too quickly and gets dry. Um, winter time is fine. In fact, in many ways, winter is better than summer because you can go anywhere with a drill rig. Uh, summertime, it has still good access even in the summer. The property is, has got two railroads crossing the project, two railroad lines. Uh, there's, as I said, uh, accommodations nearby. That's a railroad community that uh, accommodations can be rented in. Uh, so it's easy access and it's two hours drive from the nearest place where you can get supplies. So weekly field workers can go in and get groceries and stuff like that. So it's, it's, a, it's a good place to work year round. One of the better places. You don't have to build a camp, or, which is a costly affair. Uh, so you can, it's, it's, it's a, it'll be a nice place to work with people. Yeah, okay. So you've, you founded and built up Alexandra Minerals, which you sold, and then I think it was sold again. Um, you compare this to Hamlo, uh, in terms of, the, you, so you've got an idea, you've got a sense of what it is that you, you want it to look like. With your experience at Alexandra, do you think you could build this out? Do you think, and, and therefore, do you understand how much more money you're going to need to put in the ground exploring this, given its kind of sort of long, linear format? Yeah. What's nice about it right now, its current status right now as a, as a long, linear resource uh, is nice because it's somewhat planar. It makes for easy targeting. For instance, it has not yet been drilled along strike. 
There's been nobody has come along in the last four decades and drilled a long strike, even though uh, some of the geophysics suggests that it continues a long strike. I mean, it's same same geophysical signature going east and west from this deposit as exists over the deposit. Nobody's tested that. So there's more of the same to be found there. However, I'd be probably too arm wavy or pie in the sky if I thought that it was going to continue to be long and linear forever and ever because it's not the way Mother Nature was. And we're in a style of geology, as I said, that's similar to Hemel, where things are highly folded. And I'd be, I'd be more inclined to think that this long linear thing is going to get folded back around the other way and again and again and again. And it's plunging a certain way. And it's our job to try and decide, detect where that's happening and how that's happening. Because I can envision things occurring along strike and even possibilities across strike in other zones that might repeat themselves. So these, these are all the things we have to learn. And we're just, we have just basically scratched the surface so far this year uh, in our surface work. Uh, drilling will be a, a, an integral part of that. But to answer your question is how much money is that going to take? Well, at Alexandria, I drilled, you know, discovered gold at a rate of less than $20 an ounce. But let's just assume $20 an ounce was, was a cost just as a, a round back of the envelope estimate for discovering an ounce of gold uh, for, for drilling purposes and, and all, all of exploration purposes. Uh, if you want to discover a million ounces of gold, then it's going to cost you $20 million, $2 million, $40 million. That's sort of, sort of broad estimate. So first two years are going to be small exploration, you know, $3 million, $2 million affairs for the first year. Hopefully we can increase that for the following, justify increasing that to 5 or $10 million the following year. But I would imagine at some point, if we're having success each stretch of the way, that we will be getting to that $20 million expenditure drilling program underway. And I think uh, a number of places, I think there's enough, even at this early stage, enough promise here for us to be able to speculate that that could happen. Okay, good. The interesting bit there is the you know, cost per ounce and whether you can, you can replicate that success. But, but that's a really interesting measure um, for us to do some math uh, on. Um, okay, so you, do, you, do you think that you're unique in this story? Do you think maybe the market's just a little bit crowded at the moment and therefore there's a lot of white noise? Where should people be looking and why should they be looking at you? Yeah, well, I think because I think in the industry, uh, well, first of all, the industry, if it's going to be a go forward industry for decades, which I expect it to be, I mean, we're at the research end of this industry at this stage of the game. And, and the industry needs these things, needs to find new things. And while there are more advanced projects, we do fill a niche, a pipeline niche here that needs to be done. And if we have success, the, 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 uh, the rate of growth or the rate of return on an investment could be substantial, could be tenfold, could be 20, whatever it could be. So it's, it's a very important point to remember that the costs right now are pretty small compared to what they will be. And if we find something, what they will be. And, and I think that that is an important point to remember. How, how are we different? Well, I think that uh, with our experience and with the, the type of deposit we're looking at, looking for and at here, uh, is, is a really a, an interesting scenario here. It has a lot of potential for, for upsize, uh, you know, a 
size potential here that could could be important for for a region that has been overlooked. And that's the real value is that hasn't really been looked at seriously. And here we have the starter resource that is just sitting there and, and uh, needs some TLC, if you wish, if that's the way you want to call it. Okay. So, talking of starters, I mean, are you going to start this um, public company off the right way? Are you going to make sure that you are aligned with shareholders or are you going to be another CEO picking up a nice salary? If it doesn't work out, you move on to the next thing. Yeah, well, I, I didn't do that. Be- I, I didn't pick up a nice salary before and I'm currently not paying myself. So I'm here because I'm a big shareholder of this company. My wife and kids and family are all big shareholders of this company. And that's ultimately what we're gonna what we're gonna capitalize on. Our goal is to discover something. And and really, from a risk management point of view, if this project doesn't work out, we we have ideas about where else to go and, and how to make this better in many other different ways. But this is a a good project for a good starting point, and really needs to have a a proper attention uh, paid to it. Okay, Eric. Look, thank you very much for today. Coming on early before you've got you before you've gone public. Um, so whether it's end of this year or the beginning of next, you promise to come back on the show and tell us about it. Yep, absolutely. Be happy to do so. I, I no doubt there will be things to say that are a bit more meaty even than what we have today. We've got a lot of work planned, and we'll be absolutely uh, busy. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.